This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and if I sound a little different on this show, it's because I'm recording in a different room in the house. Normally, I do this in the in the uh, studio downstairs, uh, the living room. But tonight, I'm doing in the the upstairs studio, uh, my wife and my uh, our bedroom. <laughs> just because that's how it's working out tonight. Not, not that I needed to tell you that. I just felt like it. Huh? Okay. Um, well, uh, let's start off uh, by saying that uh, it's that time of year, which is uh, autumn. Yeah, the calendar is ticked over to autumn. Uh, we'll still be in some days that'll feel like summer, but uh, it's it's you know it's fast approaching, and October is just around the corner, which is my favorite month of the year, and autumn is my favorite season of the year. And so it's going to be good. Uh, at least I hope so. Uh, but then, of course, it's followed up by winter. And that's going to be super fun. Uh, anyway, um, there was something that ha- happened the other day that uh, brought me back to when I was a kid. I, uh, I love, the, you know, you, you do know that, uh, I, I think it's true. I should say this. I think it's true. I'm not absolutely certain, but I think it is true that uh, these the scents, odors, smells, can be triggers of memory, and a very strong trigger of memory. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and uh, so I, I, whenever I smell the uh, fresh cut grass, not 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 just regular grass that you cut in your yard but if you go if you have a field near you like an empty lot or something like that and the city comes along and cuts that grass there's there's a slightly different smell to that uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like the smell of cut hay or something I don't know I don't know what it is it's just a slightly different smell I like both but I when I smell that a field grass having been cut I am transported back to being a kid, and uh, my my parents uh, they they still live in the house that that they moved into in 1973 the, with the rest of the family. They brought us along, and uh, it's across the street from us was an empty lot, and that empty lot uh, it's it was you know a place where we used to play as kids, and it's. Um, the back side of the of the lot, you know, that's the, the I'll call it the back side of the lot. That's the that's the part that was straight across the street from us. There was a chain link fence fence that went across that side of the of the uh, empty lot. And for some reason, 
the chain link fence had a break in it directly in front of our house. Now, I swear to you, uh, I didn't break the fence. Uh, and I'm not aware of any of my, my brothers or my sister having broken the fence. Or any of our neighborhood friends might have broken that. But there was a break in the fence where you could just cut right into and And it was at the top of a hill. It was a little hill at the back side of the, of the empty lot that I think at most went up about like 20 feet. So uh, anyway, so there's a hill. And then you have the empty lot. So you go down this little hill. It, you know, the empty lot was like, it was a, it was a block, a city block long and wide, you know, just like a regular block. And uh, on the other side of that was the back of a strip mall. And, uh, it, and that strip mall was, uh, you know, was, was due west of our parents' house. So, and if you head south, and you go to you cross that the, the, to the next block, that was another strip mall. Next block along, keep going south, was a entertainment center. It was a it was a, a bowling alley and a couple of restaurants, a couple of bars. It was called Hafner's, and there was a gas station on that block, and there was a a, um, a jewelry store on that block. And then one more down was another strip mall. And at the very end of that third strip mall down, you know, the, well, well, the third block down, was a drugstore. And that's where, where I, when we moved in this neighborhood, there was a kid in the neighborhood that took me over there and to show me that you can get comic books there. That's where I started buying my comic books. And it was back in the days, this is 73, 74, back in the day, that you'd be looking through the comic books deciding what to spend your meager allowance on and there'd be some manager of the store that would come by some older guy probably my age <laughs> that I am now uh, and say alright it's not a library you know, either buy it or put it put it away so you'd get that and anyways and, and that's where I started buying comic books now that same block that had a uh, strip mall. This this was at the far in the far south end of that block was the drugstore with the comic books. And at the and as the years went by, that little strip mall still there. They're all still there except for the 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 half nurse is gone and that jewelry store and the gas station. That block is just an empty lot now. There's a half of it is a the old parking lot and the other half is grown over with grass where the buildings were. And so uh, the block that had the, dr the drugstore at the one end, at the other end was sort of a mini mall within the strip mall. So you'd go in through these doors and there'd be a fabric store and there'd be a, like a tailor and there'd be a print shop or something like that. And somewhere along the line, the line in the 80s, a little comic book store opened up there. Uh, the drugstore at the end of the block had disappeared, uh, had, had shuttered. And we had to start getting our comic books from a 7-Eleven that was a few blocks in another direction. And so in, sometime in the 80s, um, later, mid to later 80s, this fellow named Brian opened up a little comic book store called Hot Comics. And it just was this one little, it, it was like a, I don't know, 10 by 12, or, you know, 12 by 15 room with some shelves and a bunch of G.I. Joes. And these were the little G.I. Joes, the three and three quarter inch G.I. Joes. Those were not my G.I. Joes. My G.I. Joes were the 12 inch G.I. Joes. That's, that's, I go back that far. And G.I. Joe and I are the same age. The first G.I. Joe toys came out in 1964. That's when I came out. So, and, um, 
so he had the little ones. So he'd have comic books there. And then eventually, uh, he either sold or 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 uh, opened up another hot comics in some other part of the town. And a couple of fellas bought him out there or something. And they moved. They got big enough where they could move to the middle of this little strip mall. And we have a bigger comic book store there. And it was Joe and Pat. They were now the owners. And Pat was somebody that I went to school with. Junior high, I think in high school, but junior high for sure. And uh, you know, so Joe, so I get my comic books there. And then eventually, Joe bought out Pat. And the store got big enough, got enough customers and that. He was able to move but down to the corner where the drugstore had been. And then I'd come full circle, at least at that point, buying my comic books. So I started buying my comic books in 73, and then I was buying them again in the late 80s, early 90s when he had moved Hot Comics down to the corner. Now, Hot Comics is, that one is shut down and moved to somewhere else, and I don't know where it is now, and I get my, I don't buy comic books anymore. Not new ones anymore, but, you know, it's just a neat little thing. And that, that's, all, that smell of the cut grass brought me back to that because of that empty lot, thinking about that empty lot. It also made me think about the things that we kids used to do uh, to entertain ourselves. There were these strip malls, and, at, and, and so in the day when the drugstore was there at that one strip mall, at one end, not, maybe not the far end, but at one end along there was, a, was an appliance store. And that appliance store would sometimes forget to break down the boxes of the appliance. So you'd get washer or dryer or uh, oven boxes, which are nice size. The, the truly coveted box was the refrigerator box, if that ever came out. Now, I don't know how many times we did this as kids. Could have been just once, but I think it was more than once. And, you know, there's all these boxes back there. Let's go get them. So we'd get them, and we'd we'd drag those boxes over to the empty lot. So we'd go the three blocks, or, yeah, yeah, three blocks, bring them over to the empty lot, and then we'd get scissors and string and tape and markers and knives and stuff, and we'd cut holes and make flaps on them so there'd be windows and doors, and we'd tie them together, and we'd get little connections, and we'd all have our own little place. I remember one one time my friend Todd had got a, a mattress box, so you, you really couldn't do much in it because it was, you know, it was the size of a mattress, and so it, the deepest it was was maybe 15 inches, so you, or maybe a little more, and you just you could just lay down in there, but that's what he did, and we'd get them all together, and we'd create forts or rockets, and we'd play, and we'd do all this stuff with them, and then, and then you know, your kids, what you decide to do then is uh, let's let's destroy these by jumping, uh, you know, breaking them up and jumping on them and crashing them like you know, like like forts being destroyed, and then if we had enough time left in the day, we would take it to that hill at the at the east side of the of the empty lot, and we'd slide with the cardboard down there, and and then uh, you know it's time to go for supper or whatever it was, uh, and so we we we'd leave, but we were good kids, we we didn't just leave the boxes strewn around in the empty lot. We took them. Well, we didn't take them all the way back to the dumpster. <laughs> the place where we took the appliance stores dumpster where we had taken them from, uh, we just the closest dumpster to the strip mall that was directly, in, you know, in front of our, you know, was across from our, our parents' house, uh, because you know the three blocks at the end of the day was a lot longer than it was at the beginning of the day, 
So we, you know, that's what we cleaned it up. So that's what that smell brought back to me. And there was something else that happens that I remember really enjoying when I was a kid. And it happened to me uh, just the other day. The smell of the cut grass, but also um, I was walking along. There's a pathway along this, this, this park that's across the street from the office that I work at. And we're walking along, walking along the path, and grasshoppers of all sizes were, were, were pinging left and right in front of me. Just bing, 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 just getting out of my way. And I remember that when I was a kid walking through the empty lot and these grasshoppers would just go ping, ting, 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 left, right, left, right, left, right, you know, just, just in front of you. And I, I just love that. I just love it. So that's, that's what the time of year is. That's what we're heading into. And when I had that happen, the smell of the grass and the grasshoppers jumping, I was just brought back to when I was 12 years old or something like that. And it was, it was nice. It was nice. I thought about that. That's, that's, that's nice. I wish, you know, that's when you wish you could have a time machine or something, just to go back and do that again or something. It's just, uh, yeah, it was cool. But also, at this time of year, it's the end of the baseball season, the regular season. So now the, you know, postseason begin, kicks off in October. The Twins are down to the last three games of the regular season. They have... Congratulations, Twins. Clinched the American League Central title. It's the first time since 2010 that they've done so. And it's, it's I mean, I, you know, as, as dire as my predictions get about how well the Twins are going to do, uh, I'm very pleased. It's, it's, they, they were able to uh, clinch it on, uh, I think it was Monday night. They won their game, and Cleveland Indians, the next closest team within the division for the, to the Twins, lost their game, which made it mathematically impossible for anybody else in the American League Central to win that division. The Twins clinched it there, AL Central champs. Uh, they, like, as I said, they, right now they still have three games to go. I'm rooting for them to hit, to get the home run record, to have that. And I, I think I made the prediction where they would break the record, which they did. They did break the, the, the previous record, which was 276 home runs in a season. That's by an entire team. And that was set last season by the hated Yankees. And the Twins did break that. They broke that, uh, at the end of August. And right now they're sitting at... Uh, 303 home runs, and the hated Yankees. They were going into tonight's game that are taking the games that are taking place right now. Uh, the Twins are in a rain delay at the moment. Um, the the Twins and the hated Yankees were the Twins were ahead of the hated Yankees by two home runs, and in the Twins game thus far, they're in this. As I said, they're in a rain delay, but they're in the seventh inning. Um, the Twins had hit two home runs in their game tonight, so that put, would put them up by four home runs over the hated Yankees. Well, guess how many hated, how many home runs the hated Yankees have hit thus far in the game that they're playing. That's right, they've hit four. So, we're tied. <laughs> so, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I I I I don't know about, you know, whether my prediction will come true. Oh, gee whiz. I think they've just <laughs> I think they've hit more home runs. <laughs> I'm looking at the score now, and it looks like they probably hit another home run. I hope they just hit some doubles. But, you know, if the Twins don't have the record, uh, okay. But they were the first team to get to 300 home runs in Major League uh, history. So they've got that, and we'll see. So now, they head in, uh, after they finish up these three games, one tonight and then two more over the weekend, once those are done, 
They go into the American League Division Series, which is a five-game series. They win that one. They move on to the American League uh, Championship Series. If they win that one, the Twins would move on to play in the World Series. However, chances are very good that the Twins are going to meet the hated Yankees in the ALDS, the American League Division Series. That's the first series in. So let me just review a few things here for you. <clears throat> the Twins not have uh, um, this. I have plenty of reasons for hating the Yankees, and this is going to be a display of one of the reasons why I hate the Yankees. Uh, the Twins were last in the playoffs in 2017. And they got in as a wild card team. And the way baseball does that is they have a wild card playoff game. They have two wild card teams for each league. One for the American League, one for the National League. And uh, those are the teams that have the second and third best records without winning their divisions. So those teams play each other. And the and whichever team wins that goes on to... Uh, the American League or to the division series, and and I think they face whichever of the of that league, and well in this case the American League, whichever team that uh, won the division has the best record, and then the other team, which would probably be the Twins, because we won the division. I don't, th- yeah, we're not going to catch uh, the Houston Astros and the and the hated Yankees. We're not going to catch them. So we'll play whichever team had the second best regular season record. I believe that's how it works. And it seems at this point as though that might be the hated Yankees. So, in 2017, we had we played a one game, one game uh, wild card playoff. We played the hated Yankees. The hated Yankees won. And the last time we were in the postseason prior to that was in 2010. That, and we made it, we were the American League uh, Central Division champs. We went into the ALDS against the hated Yankees, and they, the Twins lost the hated Yankees. The time before that was in 2009. Again, the Twins were Central uh, AL Central champs. Again, they met the hated Yankees in the ALDS, and again, they lost. In 2006, the uh, they, the Twins again were the, the AL Central champs. However, this time they went to the ALDS and played the Oakland Raider, uh, the Oakland A's. Oakland Raiders plays football. The Oakland A's, and that time the Oakland A's won. But prior to that, in 2003, the Twins won the AL Central and went on to the ALDS to play the hated Yankees. The hated Yankees won. And then in 2002, this is uh, the Twins uh, were the AL Central champs. They went on. They won. The, the ALDS against the Oakland A's, and then they lost in the American League Championship Series against the Anaheim Angels or the California Angels or the Los Angeles Angels or whatever they're called. I don't know why they just don't go by California Angels. Just call yourselves the California Angels, okay? Just call yourself that. I don't know. Maybe there's some legal reasons. So the hated Yankees have beat the Twins a few times. And uh, so it just it's just... So that's... Uh, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this year bucks the trend. I listen to the local sports guys, and they say they want, they of the two teams, the Houston Astros uh, and the hated Yankees, they want to face the hated Yankees. That's what they want in the ALDS. That's what they want. Um, 
I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I think it's probably likely. Uh, Houston looks like they're going to edge us out. I don't know that I want that to happen, but uh, um, but it would be great if we did. If the Twins did face them and the Twins did beat them, it would be great. But I just I don't know, man. The curses. If there, if there, I, I don't believe in curses, but if this is if this is as close as one as I can come to, and I'm I get fairly irrational when it comes to sports, but I'm telling you, uh, it, it it's got to end sometime, right? Right? They got to beat them sometime, don't they? Well, I've reached my first break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm gonna during the break. I'm gonna see just how many home runs the Yankees have hit at this point, and I'll I'll let you know when I come back. So you're uh, well, sit tight. I'll be back. To Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, um, that song that I came out of the uh, bump, uh, the break was uh, by a band called Gang of Four, which leads me to one of the cool things I'm going to mention on this show. I think it was a f- couple months ago, maybe. I, I think I mentioned it on this show, <laughs> but... Um, uh, the I was watching some old day uh, late, uh, late night with David Letterman, and the I was watching the very first show of late night. Uh, oh, and by the way, the Yankees did not hit another home run in the game. They did hit a double, uh, so they got more runs that way. But they did not hit another home run. So it's still four home runs for the Yankees, two for the Twins so far tonight, and they're tied for the total for the year at 303, which is insane. But, okay. All right, so on that first episode 
of Late Night with David Letterman. Uh, if you recall watching Late Night, which was a brilliant, brilliant show. When they would go to commercial, they would have, uh, I don't know, a title card, which would have the name of the show, and they might have a picture of Dave, or they'd just have some, some piece of art, uh, usually a, f- a fancy photograph of something, or a journal, like a journalistic-looking photograph. And uh, the, one of the title cards that leaving the, to go to the commercial and then coming back what showed a wall with a bunch of bills posted on it. You know, like a, it's a real New York thing. You know, they put up posters for concerts coming up and shows to you know, uh, Broadway shows and that kind of thing. And they just, you know, they just post poster after poster after poster on, on these walls. And so there's a whole bunch of them of uh, Late Night with David Letterman with his, with his face on it. But at the lower part, in the lower right-hand corner, there were a few more of these bills, these posters that were post, put up there. And you could clearly see a couple of them that said Gang of Four. So obviously, they, they set up a bunch of Letterman posters on there, and then they took this picture on this wall, and they had some Gang of Four posters, because Gang of Four must have been playing some concert in uh, New York City sometime in 1982, when Dave Letterman went on the air with uh, uh, Late Night. And uh, so I thought that was cool, and I posted it on, uh, on, my, um, on my Facebook page, Maybe that's maybe I didn't mention it on the show, but I put it up on my Facebook page, and I I happen to be Facebook friends with Andy Gill. Who's Andy Gill? Andy Gill is one of the original members of the band Gang of Four. Now I don't know the man. We don't pal around with each other on Facebook. We don't exchange comments or anything like that. The guy is not very active on it. He just uses it to promote Gang of Four. Uh, he's he's the only original member currently remaining in the band. Uh, but anyway, so he he's the guitarist, and oh man, he's one of my favorite guitarists. I just love how he plays. It's just I just love how he plays. And I so I I thought you know what I know I'm Facebook friends with the guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna post this on my Facebook page and I'm gonna tag him on it and just see if he notices. And uh, and that was sometime in July that I posted that and tagged him in it. And just within the first week or two of September, so it took a while for him to notice it, he saw it, and he commented. He said, me and Letterman are just like that. And he had one of those uh, crossed finger emoji thing there. How cool is that? <laughs> that's, that's cool. He just like, hey, look, I, I posted it saying, who says Gang of Four have never been on Late Night with David Letterman? There, we are. there they are, right there on the very first show. That was cool. I thought it was cool. He really is a good guitarist. I mean, when you, you, you hear that music coming in, that's that's him doing that that interesting sounding guitar. Really cool stuff. But as long as I'm talking about them, and you're gonna, I want to be careful about how I talk about this because I don't want to put people off of it necessarily. It's just my reaction to something that I found kind of bothersome <laughs> and uh, I, I thought I'd bring it up uh, I periodically look around for podcasts to listen to and uh, I found one that I thought would be interesting uh, it's called The 500 and the host of that show is a fellow named Josh Adam Myers now Josh is a comedian stand-up comic uh, I've, I've not heard of him 
uh, uh, before, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty unhip. So, um, so I, I saw that, and it's the 500. That's referring to the 500 greatest albums in music history, according to Rolling Stone magazine. So at some point they had done this list of their critics and their music people sat down and hammered out a list of the top 500 of all time, or at least, you know, of all time since rock's been around. Yes, it's got a couple jazz albums on there. Miles Davis is on there and and Coltrane's on there. I'm not a fan of jazz. I'm not a yeah, some I suppose some stuff I like, I guess, but I just never I just can't I I just don't get me going. <laughs> I have a friend who likes Coltrane and he tells me stuff that oh, no, it's really good. And he's just and and Coltrane has this one like his crossover hit would be his version of I think my favorite things. He does that, and the parts of his playing of it that I recognize as that song are fine. But then when he goes into all this stuff, I, I just, I'm lost. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah. There's also some country albums on there, so it's not just a rock thing. Uh, there's Johnny Cash is on there at some point, and so you know, and 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 that's and the podcast comes out once a week. So that means you know 500 albums once a week. The guy's got about 10 years worth of podcasts to do. So what he does is he gets a guest on the show, and the guest is usually another comedian. Um, could be a you know could be an actor, could be somebody else, but it's usually another comedian. Uh, thus far, they haven't gotten through the first 50. They're starting at 500 and working their way down to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Spoiler: That is the number one album on the list. And the Who show up on there. They have uh, two or three albums on there. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> and so I thought I'd I thought I'd check it out. So what I do is I I look for okay albums that I like, and I thought okay I'll listen to that one because I like that album. So okay fine, and and I, I I and the first one I listened to was for a band for the band Gang of Four, which I was just talking about. Remember. And it was their debut album, which came out in 1979, and it's uh, it's called Entertainment. It's a fantastic album, at least by my consideration, my opinion. Somebody who just heard me saying I don't get Coltrane would say, "What? Coltrane's brilliant." I I I'll give you that. He might be brilliant, or might have been brilliant, but I I don't get it. That same person might listen to Gang of Four Entertainment and say. Ah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that's just how it goes. It's art. It's subjective. It's what you like. So there's no wrong answers, really. There aren't. So anyway, I listened to that. And it's, it, the guest was Karen Kilgariff. She is the, uh, she's the uh, co-host of the very popular My Favorite Murder podcast. I do listen to that podcast, but I usually zip through some of the stuff that they do on there. I just get to the, the true crime stories that they tell. I just want to hear those. Just tell me the true crime stories and listen to Georgia. Count how many times Georgia drops the F-bomb because she does. she's prolific at dropping the F-bomb. It's in sometimes it's part of her charm. Anyway, um, I was a little disappointed when I found out that well, the host is not a music critic for the for the magazine. He's not somebody who is 
who is deeply ver well versed in the the knowledge of these albums. Uh, he knows some of them. That's some of you know. You will know if you look at the list of five hundred. You'll know some of those albums. You won't know all of them, but you'll know some of them. But just you know, just because. And so I was a little bothered by that, and I was a little bothered by the fact that neither the host nor the guest on this particular show about Gang of Four and their album Entertainment had ever heard of the band Gang of Four, let alone the album. I thought, oh man, really? Seriously? And I listened to it and I thought it was I thought it was okay. And they, they played little clips of the song and all that. And I said, okay, that's okay. And I like Karen Kilgariff. I like her. I think she's funny. And uh, you know, I liked her since she first saw since I first saw her on Mr. Show back in the nineties. Um, anyway, so all right, let's try another one. Let's try another one. So I tried uh, the podcast about the uh, local band, St. Paul band, Husker Du. They, they were from the '80s, and uh, they they you know they're a punk rock band, sort of, and they um, you know they pretty much they and REM and some others pretty much created the idea of alternative music. That's they pretty much created it. But anyway, they it was their big album. Well, no, it wasn't their biggest album, but it was the follow up to their big album, Center Arcade. That was their big album, but it was the follow up to that New Day Rising, which I really do like that album. So it's again, it's the same host, Josh Adam Myers, and he has on a, a comedian who is a skateboard guy and a and a and a and a punk rock band guy and also a stand up comic for a while. And at least this this guest, his name is Joe Sib. At least he knew who Husker Du was. He'd seen Husker Du in concert when he was sixteen, so he knew of the band and he knew the album. The host didn't, so there was at least that. Now I was listening to this, uh, this show, and I realized something. I was listening to it while I was cleaning, and I realized something. And I I stopped and I and I paused it and I looked at the time. That the that that it was at in the podcast. The podcast itself for that particular episode was a I think a little bit over three and a half hours. Oh no, <laughs> an hour and a half, <laughs> not three and a half hours. A little over an hour and a half, maybe an hour and forty minutes or something like that. And I I looked at it and I I thought and I said oh my, I started realizing something that made me pause and look at it. I looked and I said they are thirty five minutes in to this review of the album and they've only talked about one song one the opening track the title track new day rising they'd only talked about one song in 35 minutes and in that 35 minutes the talk about that one song was less than two minutes and i realized i, I texted to my wife i said they've gone 35 minutes they've only talked about one song and it, it hit me and it wasn't like, it, it wasn't like they, they they do have a lengthy opening. You know, who's the guest? Tell me about yourself. Blah blah blah, blah and that kind of thing. How did you get into what you're into and all that kind of stuff? And that takes some time. And then they finally let's start reviewing the album. They review the album. They play play a clip of the first track, and then they talk about the music a little bit. And then what happens is the host uses the songs on the album to come up with a question to ask the guest. And if the guest happens to be particularly loquacious, as Joe Sib apparently is, he went on and on and on and on about that first question. And that's when I stopped at some point and said, 35 minutes! 
and I texted Amy, you know, she says, oh my God, <laughs> or my lack of, and I, and then, so I put it back on, and it got to 39 minutes before they played the clip from the second song on the album. And, and I just, I was like, okay, and it was, and it was the same thing. A uh, little bit of talk about the song, and then a question that was inspired by the song to ask the guest. So this, this show, it, you, at least at that point, having listened to two of them, I said, boy, you know that first one that I listened with Karen Kilgariff was essentially the same thing. So I'm seeing a pattern here. The podcast called The 500, which is a review of the 500 album, greatest albums of all time as decided upon by Rolling Stone, is really an interview show of the guest with a little bit of talk about the albums. It's like 30% talk about the album, and I think that's being generous, and about 65% talking interviewing the guest, and maybe that 5% being the Jack Parr open and maybe an overview of what they think of the band. And, and, I, just, oh. and so I, I started listening a little bit more, and then they skipped songs. Because I guess Josh couldn't think of a question based on the song. And I said, what are you skipping songs for? So I couldn't, I couldn't keep listening to it. I talked to my wife. She said, you know, maybe you want to give it another try. Uh, look at the shows that are available and see if there's a guest that you're interested in. Maybe if you're more interested in the guest, you might enjoy the show more. So I said, okay, I tried one more. Uh, and this was, the guest was Dana Gould. I really like Dana Gould. And the album they were reviewing, sort of reviewing, was Elvis Costello's Armed Forces. And boy, I really know I really like uh, uh, Dana Gould because when he was talking with Josh, he was talking about, you know, he mentions his favorite band, and his favorite band, Dana Gould's favorite band, is The Who. <laughs> Come on. What's not to like about this guy? He's, he's close to my age. I'm, I'm telling you, I listen to his podcast, which is brilliant. Dana Gould's podcast is fantastic. And I just think, boy, you know, different circles moving in. I've met the guy. I, we'd be friends. Because we, we'd be, I think we would be. But I'm not going to stalk him or anything. I'm, I'm not like that. So I did find that show more interesting, but I was paying attention to how much attention they paid to the albums. And I think I gave it another try with another uh, uh, another album to listen to. Yes, I gave it one more try. And this time it was for the album by R.E.M. called Document. And that was their album, their last, it was their fifth album as a band, and it was their last one that they did for the independent label before they moved to Warner Brothers Records. And, and it's the one with the song, this, this one goes out to the one I love, or the one I love. I'm not, I'm not sure what the title is. I should know it, but I don't. <laughs> and, um, it, it, and the guest was Bobby Lee, and this particular episode was in front of a live audience. And I'm listening to it, and it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, a little bit of talk about the songs, a little bit of talk about the band, a little bit about the the album in general, a little bit about the songs, and a lot of bit about, you know, questions for the guest as inspired by the songs. And 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 then and then they skipped songs. And when they when I realized they were skipping two songs and moving on to the to the it's the end of the world as we know it and I feel fine when they get onto that song. I just went, okay, that's it. I, I, that's it. I'm done. I can't. Now, that may be something you'd enjoy, 
I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just setting it up. If you want to check it out, realize that the host even says at the beginning of one of the shows I listen to, he says he thinks it's important that people know these albums and get a feel for these albums and learn about them. They're great, and you know, you know, they should learn about them. Well, okay, talk about them then. And I look, it gets a lot of good reviews. I was looking, five-star reviews. A lot of people like it, and they like him and, and all that. And so, okay, there were a couple one-star reviews, and both of them referred to essentially, well, we're essentially saying, talk about the albums. You don't talk about the albums enough. It's like the albums are just, I don't know, just background music. I thought we were focusing on this. So, little bait and switchy, I think. But... It might be something for you. It's called the 500. Check it out. I might keep an eye open for it and see and you know see when a Who album finally comes up, and maybe check that one out. But I don't know. I I just don't think I could stay with it for very long. Well, I think I've gotten to my next break. Yes, yes, of course I have. Uh, so I'm gonna get this set up and uh, let you know that you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, telling you that I will return after this break. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. We give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. The Yankees have not hit another home run. Uh, it's at the end of the eighth, so they have uh, one more at-bats, uh, you know, the top of the ninth. Uh, if they fail if they fail to score in the top of the ninth, game's over. Well, there's a bottom of the ninth uh, where Texas uh, gets a chance to catch up, but they're behind uh, 11-3. to So... 
Uh, I think the Yankees are probably going to win that game. Let's just hope, Texas, can you just keep them from scoring another home run, hitting a home run? Huh? Can you do that for me? Can you do that for me so at least the Twins are tied with them? And then, you know, the game, uh, the Twins are still in rain delay. So if they do get the game, nope, nope, they've decided to, they decided to, to stop the game. Uh, it's, a, it's considered a complete game if it goes uh, past five and a half innings. So if they decide to, you know, if weather interrupts a game, then they say, okay, you know, if it's if it doesn't look like it's going to let up anytime soon for them to finish it, they say, all right, it's, it's an official game. So they got to uh, the middle of the seventh, and the Twins are up six to two. So the Twins win again. So that is that means that the Twins have won 100 games this season. It was just a couple. Hang on, I got to pick this up off the floor. It was just a couple seasons ago where they lost. 103 games. Uh, probably more than just a couple, but... Okay, enough of baseball. I know it bothers some people when they talk about baseball, but I like it so much. I do feel... It, it's I I hope they figure out something that, that it's shortened the games, because the games are getting pretty damn long. Even even someone like myself who just enjoys watching the game, it's getting... You know, so I, I, I hope they address these things a little bit, but we'll see. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. Uh, anyway, um, I wanted to tell you, I talk a little science stuff here. Uh, this, The information I'm going to give you all comes from a podcast called uh, Science Versus, which is a very good podcast. You should check it out. It's just Look for it on iTunes. It's hosted by Wendy Zuckerman, and she's from Australia, and I kind of have a crush on her. Well, I just love her voice. It's just, you know, she just has this upbeat voice that and that great australian accent it's 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 just good great to listen to uh and they do the and the podcasts are about 30 minutes long and they look into various claims and they see what science has to say about them and um they did an episode of uh a few episodes ago that was uh talking about the placebo effect now you know what that is that is um, uh, that is uh, somebody's somebody's got a headache, and they go see their doctor, and the doctor can't find any. You know, you know they, uh, they give them a sugar pill instead of giving them any kind of medicine, and the sugar pill seems to work. The headache, the headache goes away. Now the headache might have just gone away on its own, or there's the effect of the placebo, where you, the fact that you're taking something, the patient thinks it's medicine, they expect it to do something, and that expectation leads to uh, an alleviation of pain or of whatever the symptoms are. And when me medical science realized this placebo effect, they used it to test actual medicine. So when they they have uh, these you know they get these groups of people, and they give the actual medicine to one group, they give a placebo to the other group, and the, the the groups don't know which is getting which, and the people testing it don't know which group is getting which. That's called double blinding. And they test, and then when the results come in, they see did the real medicine do better than placebo. If it did just as well as placebo or worse than placebo, then they can say, mm, we're, we have doubts about this medicine. But if the medicine worked better than placebo, uh, then they say, ooh, this stuff, is, this stuff might work. And they might test it some more and do another placebo test or whatever. 
So, um, the episode starts off, uh, they, they have some, I guess, some different information about placebo. A little, some, there's been some research being done recently that uh, shows that placebo might be a little more than just what I described. So, they, they start off uh, mentioning a, a woman named Linda who has uh, what's called irritable bowel syndrome, which is gut troubles. You know, very painful, you get constipation, you get, I guess you get diarrhea, you get, you know, it's, it's just nasty bathroom stuff, and it's very uncomfortable for the people who have it. I know, I, from what I've been able to find, it is a, it's real, but diagnosing it is tricky. It's, it's, it's a tricky one. It's one of those, you know, do they really have it? Do they not have it? It's, it's one of those kind of illnesses, but... All right, so Linda has talked about she's had it for like 10 years or something like that, and she's done, she's taken every medication that's been given to her. She's tried everything. She's gone to different doctors. She's tried it, and nothing works. She's miserable. There's no predicting when it's going to come on. There's no, you know, it's just, you know, it happens, and it's terrible, and it's painful, and it's awful, and she wants it to go away. Well, she sees a an advertisement in a magazine uh, a, a medical study is, is being done on, IBS, on a treatment for IBS, and she thought, what the hell, I've got it, well, I'm going to try it. So she goes and she meets with this doctor, and they do talk to the doctor on the, on the episode. I didn't write his name down. You can check it out. When, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes at dimland.com. Click on the blog option. You'll get to the show notes. And um, so she, the guy's doing a study, and he gives her this 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 medication and he tells her it's a placebo he says there's nothing in this this is a placebo and we're just seeing how it affects you knowing it's a placebo yeah so so she so she 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 takes it she said the first three days nothing much four days nothing much but then all of a sudden her symptoms are gone she's just it's gone She's got relief. There's this, you know, and and it's and it's lasting. And he can't explain it. The researcher he can't explain it. She thinks it's wonderful, but she knows it's a placebo. And see, they talk about then this. This belies the expectation thing because patients like like Linda have no expectation of getting better because they've had so much experience of not getting better whenever they've taken something. So this is just another thing. We'll see. But, you know, as each new thing is tried, it's less and less likely that this is going to be the thing that helps. And so the expectations are lowered and lowered and lowered. So there's not that aspect of placebo. Well, then they, they, um, the, the podcast moves along, and, uh, and oh, I'll get back to the Linda situation later. Um, they... They move on to some other tests that that's being done with uh, placebo, and it's a fellow that's uh, in the Alps uh, over there in Switzerland, I guess, and um, it's and it's dealing. They're testing with altitude sickness. You know, you get in those higher altitudes and you exert yourself and you get headaches and get dizzy and get nausea, nausea, and uh, nausea, 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 <laughs> and and so they test people and what they do is they put them on a stepper. And they know that if you if you give extra oxygen to them, put an oxygen tank on, you know, hook them up to an oxygen tank so they're re breathing the oxygen, that helps, that alleviates this 
the the altitude stuff because the altitude sickness is due to the fact that the uh, the oxygen levels are low. And so, so what they thought they'd do is they'd do a placebo test and they'd set up the machinery, a tank and all that. And when they would turn it on, and the person's work walk do exercising on one of these stepper things, and they're in a higher altitude, they're doing the stepper. Uh, exercise, and they're hearing the machine going, J -j 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 -j, you know, just sending the the oxygen to them, and uh, and so they do it. And the thing is, it's a placebo. They're not actually getting fed extra oxygen. It's it's nothing. It's just regular room air just being circulated. So so they're not getting the boost of oxygen that that they were told they were getting. And what they found out was it didn't work. So the people, you know, the people would get the sickness, they would get the headaches or dizzy or whatever, and and so it wasn't working. So then they thought, well, let's try something else. Let's try it a little differently. Let's let's give them the oxygen, uh, the and, and do a series of tests with the oxygen. We'll do three of them while they're getting the oxygen. So they're on the stepper and they're taking, they're breathing the extra oxygen. You know, they got the tube up their nose and they're doing the oxygen thing and and they're do exercising and they're they're fine. The altitude sickness isn't bothering them. They don't get the headaches. They don't get dizzy. They don't get any of that kind of stuff. And they're doing just fine. And they say okay because that's they're getting the extra oxygen that they need. And then on the fourth test, they don't feed the oxygen through. The machine is making the noise. And the people do the exercise thing. This time, they don't get the sickness. They don't. Ha it doesn't happen. And what they figure is going on is that the body, the brain, is being conditioned so that you know it was getting the oxygen, and it hears that sound. And so now, when it hears that sound, even though it's not getting the extra oxygen, it's acting as though it is, and it's releasing whatever chemicals, endorphins, or whatever it does when it gets that extra oxygen. It, it starts doing that. So they thought, this is interesting. And the implications could be that maybe they, you know, uh, diabetic uh, patients might be able to rely less upon insulin if they can do some sort of placebo thing with them. So it's very interesting. You know, the, the people that were doing the exercise in that case didn't know that this, you know, whether they were getting the oxygen or not. They didn't know if it was placebo. They had no idea. So it's interesting how, you know, is it expectation or is it conditioning? What's going on here? So it's a it's an interesting episode. You should listen to it. But back to Linda. And this is the one thing where I was just slightly disappointed. They they talked about Linda. Okay, so remember, Linda's got IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. She gets terrible gut problems, bathroom problems, terrible. She's had it for years. She's taken any, you know, any medication that was given to her. She's seen several doctors. She's done. She's at her wit's end. What am I going to do? She responds to a, a request for people with IBS to take part of a study. She takes part of a study. She's told that she's being given a placebo. The placebo makes her better. She knows it's a placebo, and it doesn't negate the effect of the placebo. And when she runs out of that medic, you know, the fake pills, the sugar pills, or whatever they were giving her, the IBS comes back. So she goes back to that guy. Yeah, Look, it's back. It's back. He says, "Oh, he says, okay, fine. Here, I'll give you. I'll give you more. Gives her more, and it goes away." And they don't know how to explain it. They have their. They don't know what's going on. How do we explain this? And I kept thinking, one thing, which they didn't say, 
A question they didn't ask. Are we sure that Linda has IBS? I mean, I'll take their word for it, you know, for the, you know, the face value of it that, that she probably does, but I would have liked somebody to say, you know, maybe Linda doesn't have IBS. Maybe that's why knowingly taking a placebo is working for her. Maybe? I, you know, I, so I, 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 you know, maybe not, maybe not, but maybe? Uh, so, I, yeah, I would, would have liked to heard that, Good hear, night, that, hear that question. Good night, Frau Blucher. Oh, got to the end of another episode. There were a couple other things I was going to talk about, but I'll leave them go for the next, the next show that will be coming up soon, like in a week. Right? Isn't that how I do these things? Um, you remember to be skeptical, and and uh, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Does Linda have IBS? Maybe she does. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio. Sleep the lights off. I'm gonna run up against this somber, so I better shut up. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. What? 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 Well, I'm going to hell.